Welcome to What You Readin', a podcast in which we talk about young adult books and things related to YA. I am Bree. I'm Jess. And we're sisters. And today we're going to talk about Maggie, Maggie Steve Otter. Steve, like, like the, the name, name Otter, like the animal, Steve Otter. I forgot we were going to do that. Well, I didn't. I just started it because it was fun. You might know Maggie Steve Otter from, I would say her most famous series is definitely The Raven Cycle. Probably, yeah. But she's also written, and then The Wolves of Mercy Falls, which is like Shiver, Linker, um, the Lament books? Do they have another name? Lament and Ballad. They're right. a duology. And then the Ronin Dream book. Trilogy. And then Swamp Thing is a comic book she wrote. All the Crooked Saints. Scorpio races, and she wrote a whole bunch of, uh... J's. Yeah, uh, juvenile literature. So, Maggie Stiefvater is the kind of author who has writing that kind of falls into the same category. Yeah, all her books are kind of... all fall in the same category. Basically, it's just magical realism as, like, a very broad spectrum. A lot of it has to do with folklore and, um, legends and stuff like that. Right, and it borders more on the fantasy end of magical realism because there's some books I've read with magical realism where it's just like a hint just a little bit overall the aesthetic of these books is obviously magic but in like a way that's real and there's also elements of making things that are mundane magical like there's scenes where they're just in a supermarket and in that moment there's some sort of mood happening that makes it feel magical. She adds weight to moments that are simple and that weight makes it feel magic, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's how she describes things. Yeah, exactly. She could look at a flower and describe it in a way that like makes it magical and that's kind of an author's job Mm -hmm. (laughs) to make you care about the mundane. Yeah. Her big focus when she's writing is mood. She wants to make sure every single book has a mood. When you leave that book, you feel that specific. You get that book hangover. Yes. If you don't finish reading it, you're just, you're in that mood until you start it up again. Mm-hmm. 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 And the mood, sadly, is usually a little depressing. Not yeah. depressing, just heavy. But the nice thing about her stories is that they always end some sort of happy. Not mm. perfect, but realistically happy yes and not what you'd expect for the ending Mm -hmm. but what you needed all along um and and i also say that her books have a lot of like feeling emotion deep Mm -hmm. dive into people's heads oh yeah they have a kind of like looking at the world through a magical filter Mm -hmm. which is kind of what we were talking about rose colored glasses but not rose colored like Magical glasses. Unicorn glasses. Unicorn glasses. Each of these books has a different mood, but same vibe. It's kind of like an alternative, sarcastic vibe. Very intelligent. Like, I can almost put in in that dark academia category, but not quite. We're going to play a guessing game. We're going to guess. Bree's going to try to guess what my favorite Maggie Seawater book is. I think your favorite is Dream Thieves. You're right. Because, it, well, because that's obvious. Uh, I just love the cars. It just loves it's the, cars. the cars. That's it. It's, there's no other reason. There's no other reason. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with the name that she gave her child. Dude, I gave my name my kid Ronan. <laughs> like, I was the kid needed a hug. 
Yeah. So I was like, maybe I could just be Ronan's mommy. (laughs) Well, I just, well, the problem is the Raven Cycle is like my favorite series. So it's really hard for me to pick a favorite book out of that series. I can pick favorite elements out of it. Well, yeah. So what's, what's a... My favorite elements out of the series are the ridiculously close-knit relationship that the Raven Boys and Blue have. And I also like the magic and the mundane that happens in it. And I also really like... Street racing. No, I don't. (laughs) I want to live in 300 Fox Way. Mm -hmm. That house is a house that I really want to live in. Well, like, your house is already kind of vibing that direction. Decorations. The little things you've collected. Oh, I thought you meant like to put upon shelves. <laughs> I was thinking the outside of my house. No, it's a box. My no, house, your house is a box. Look like they're in a box way, but I mean, you're collecting furniture and little trinkets that would fit within the house. What I really like about all of the characters in in it is that they're just very flawed. They got things they need to work mm-hmm. out. Even the like perfect Gansy is missing a few. <laughs> key elements in his life. Adam's pretty well the... <sighs> that kid. That kid's got a chip on his shoulder just as much as right? Ronan does. Well, and that's why it works. Yeah. That's why it works. Mm-hmm. But he, like, I don't know. Adam makes me sad because he... Like, the reason he has a chip on his shoulder is just because he doesn't think he deserves... Yeah. ...anything. Mm-hmm. Which is very... That happens in that situation. Yeah, exactly. It's a very realistic flaw it's, for, it's, for the situation that he came out of. You would just want to take the person like by the shoulders and just be like you are loved! You are amazing! <laughs> exactly. What's your favorite thing about the Raven cycle? Gansey's city. Oh yeah! I mean that's not my favorite thing. That's my favorite thing at this current moment because I just read about it but like I think my favorite thing is um, Chainsaw. Man, I just like pets, I guess. So, Gansey's City, if you haven't read the series, is he he can't sleep. So, what he's done is he's made a cardboard scale version of Henrietta, which is the town that he lives in. And he just adds buildings to it every night. And he's able to do this because they live in a converted warehouse. That he bought. That he bought. Because he's rich. Like, it's like... I don't know. Maggie Seabitter has this real good way of taking dreams. You look at a, at a warehouse and you're like, that would be super cool to mm-hmm, live in. Mm-hmm. And then just writing a book about it. Oops. And like, she like, I don't know. It's just really great. I just want to live in that abandoned warehouse or 300 Foxway, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know, the trailer from all the Crooked Saints. Like, it's just like. you they She gives personality to yeah. buildings and stuff. Yeah. They have a vibe. My favorite part, since we're on the line of Gansey, is his journal. Because his journal about Henrietta and ley lines and stuff, it's just got things. I wish I had the time and the passion to... to, I know. I want a journal. lean hard into that one Uh thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what that one thing would be, so that's why I don't have a journal like Gansey. Well, and then it's, it's like the... Jack of all trades, well, master of one, but better than master of none sort of thing. And that's where the that's where the dark academia thing comes in. Mm-hmm. Gansey, 100% Gansey is mm-hmm. the dark academia, mm-hmm. academia mm-hmm. part of this. Mm-hmm. He's so... He's very comparable to skipping to a different author, Darlington from Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. That's like when They're I the read... the same vibe. When I read Ninth House, I was like, Darlington's like Gansey except like... A gringy. 
So one thing I super love about Maggie Stiefvater's writing is that the little hobbies that she puts into these books, she's done them. So like, mm, mm-hmm. specific, okay, yeah. my specific example for this one is, you know, that girl has stared down another person trying to get them to raise her in her Evo because she has an Evo. Oh, yeah. Like she, <laughs> she like embodies these characters, like all the hobbies that, that she talks about, she knows them because she does them. And mm-hmm. I think that's so great. It's so authentic mm-hmm. because she's, it's not just research, like she does it. It's the right what you know mentality. It could be very boring, but she she writes what she knows and then adds a magical twist. Magical in the mundane. Mm-hmm. In putting magic in the mundane, she does this a lot in the way that she writes. And she does a lot of breaking grammar rules, which is one of the great things about being a writer is you can break grammar rules right. if it's going to add some spice to your writing. Like, Well, like, you have to know the rules to break them, and she seems like one who would know the rules. Yes. And that's the interesting part of it all. She knows the rules and she knows how to manipulate those rules in order to make her writing interesting. Well, and she, like, brings things back around. I love it when writers do that. So, in Dream Thieves specifically, a big theme is secrets. There's three different types of secrets. And she goes on to talk about all the secrets. And then at the very, very end of the book, you learn the last secret. I just like it how things in her book seem to circle around. They're very meticulously planned. I mean, even more so, I, all writers that I love plan really well, but there's something about Maggie Stiefvater where you know she's thinking about the end while she's writing the beginning. And that and that goes for books, like a series, but also just one individual book. It's just, it's very interwoven. A lot of the times she puts, like, she shortens words. She creates new words and she does it very skillfully in my opinion in her later works well I mean, every author has a yeah exactly that they have to hit because mm-hmm. i did read shiver to prepare for this for like a while ago and it's like it's good but it's kind of like maggie stiefvater does twilight <laughs> it's not it's good but it's you can tell that she hadn't quite found the character she was super comfortable with yet mm-hmm. and in later novels well, and in the, Scorpio, well, you can I, tell she's really, she's yeah. really comfortable. Probably, didn't we say Scorpio's the one where it seemed like her breakout? You would argue that it's her breakout. I would say, I would say that was what put her on a map, yeah. Well, yeah, and Scorpio Races is, it was right after Shiver, I think. Let's see. Scorpio Races was, I'm looking up the date for it. And I'm going <laughs> to, let's see how many of mine are signed. Scorpio Races is signed. Raven Boys is signed. Call Down the Hawk is signed. Bree has seen Maggie Stiefvater talk, like, seriously, five times. No, it's only been... Three? Two. Two, but then you've also been to all those classes. Yeah, I've met her... I've met her twice. (laughs) Yeah. I've met her twice, and I've also done an online course by her. Yeah. So, Scorpio Races was 2011. 2009. Scorpio Races was probably right after she finished the Shiver trilogy, I would imagine. It's very YA. It is. And there and Raven Boys came out at the point where like YA was kind of It was maturing. Yeah, it was maturing. It mm-hmm. was it was deciding that it could take itself seriously every once in a while. Is <laughs> YA hit puberty. 
<laughs> so Scorpio races, um, we say that's probably her breakout one. In this story, it's on an island and there's a whole island culture and it's really interesting because it's small town culture, but it's even more small town because they're on an island. Mm -hmm. They know everybody and they talk about like going, people going to the mainland. Like if you go to the mainland, you're like giving up the life on the island. You're a betrayer. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's very detailed in those things. That's the big part of that, of that series is the island life. I loved the way this story feels. And it's so different um, from Raven Boys. Because Raven Boys is very, like, southern drawl, magical forest, prep school boys. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very that place. And this book is very the place that it's in. And it's, like, a mythical Celtic island with... Horses that can Horses eat you. Horses that kill people. From the ocean. No, I do have a question. Like, okay, so I was talking earlier about um, how every November 1st she tweets about Scorpio races because Maggie Stiefvater has a huge social media presence. Oh, yeah, she does. She is all over the internet. In, like, a good way. She keeps herself, you know, she keeps everything pretty under wraps as far as personal life and all that stuff. We don't hear about the drama. It's not like that. But she, she has a huge internet presence. Do you think that helps sell her books? I don't think she really started getting that huge internet presence until her books started to sell, though. But, like, would you, would you say that, like, a st Maggie Stiefvater is one of those people She gains where, people from yeah, it. Yeah, well, but, like, what I'm saying is, but sometimes a tweet from Maggie Stiefvater's Twitter kind of has the same vibe as her books. Like, she, mm -hmm. she uses her author voice, also her implied authorness, in her tweets and stuff. So do you think those little snippets of, like, who she is when she writes, helps guide people to her books. She is a personality. Yeah. Like, she, she's she's a mixture of all of her characters, which all authors are. Right, but obviously. she's, like, a magical creature. Like, yeah. I know we've... <laughs> like, I know we've <laughs> talked about this before, but, like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah. We talked about all the hobbies that she has. Like, she's... She, she... Her other hobby is to write for car magazines. Yeah. Because she's that knowledgeable. It's not because she's a writer. It's because she's that knowledgeable about cars. Well, yeah. And that and she plays the bagpipe. She plays the cello. <laughs> she, she plays, plays the, the piano. She's also an artist. She, like a... Like not just like a, oh, she draws okay. Like not, an artist. She paints and she draws and she... She, her, she made... She made a whole tarot deck. Yeah, for she did. the release for, of one of her books. Like, yeah. she just... Super talented. An ethereal being. being. Yeah. She's Maggie Stiefvater is an ethereal being. We've said that. This was part of, like, the description for this she's podcast. Probably we were she's it. probably a changeling. Maggie Stiefvater, we've called you out. So, in all of her books, she has the specific moods. And a huge thing she thinks about in her stories is characters. Interesting fact, though. I feel like Hermione. Um, <laughs> she doesn't think about her characters. She doesn't flesh them out past stereotypes until, like, the second or third draft. Like, like she lets her brain marinate mm -hmm, with mm -hmm, the characters. Mm -hmm. Well, and I find that when I write, I, I add more personality in, like, the second or third draft. Yeah, too. the first one's just like, let's get this story on paper and right? get it done. This is a prep school boy. He likes Glendower. The end. <laughs> yes. Pig is Gancy's orange Camaro. Bright orange. 1970s Camaro. Well, we could argue you know that Pig I'm, is a character. That's going on the list. We could argue that Pig is a character. Yep. Interesting fact. <laughs> <laughs> the Pig is actually a car that Maggie Seabutter has, and every time it they broke... They all are. Yeah, yeah. 
Every time the pig broke down in the book, she wrote it in because her Camaro broke down in real life. And it got to the point where her car was breaking down so much that she couldn't write it into the book anymore. Poor pig. Yeah. Um, of all of the characters in the story, we have kind of picked favorites. I think mine's I picked favorites. I think mine's narrowed down to like two people that are my favorites. I picked three. Mine is mine is two. I think mine's two. You go first. My number one is Ronan. Obviously. 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 <laughs> because I just uh, I just love him. I just love how grumpy he is and I love that he's magical. And I love I just want to give him a hug. Also, it's an awesome name, so thank you, Maggie Stiefvater. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite character I have is I really like Yancy. Yeah, I I love me some academia yeah. characters, but that's but, just my aesthetic. Like he's academia, preppy boy, dark academia. That's mm-hmm. what he is. Yancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who's your second? Puck. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I love a tomboy girl who's not afraid to show it to the world that she's amazing. <laughs> and, okay, I can't get out of my head the vision of this windswept redhead with freckles. And she's wearing, like, an emerald green, like, aisle sweater. Like, I just, that's, that's, Puck is in my head. She lives there rent-free. I would say my next favorite would be, for some reason, I really like the gray man. I know you do. I, I just like him. He's but a I th- literal assassin. <laughs> I know. I he like him. He beats up Declan within like the first. Okay, well that's not well, a reason not to like him. <laughs> Declan's kind of infuriating. Declan's an annoying boy. I, he gets less annoying, but not by much. It's funny how characters get less annoying when you get put in their head. Exactly. Isn't that awesome? That's an awesome thing. I know. Because the more you know someone, the more you realize, oh, that's why they do they this. They have a reason oh, for yeah. their tics. Exactly. Yeah. So great. I know. Yeah, so Mr. Grant is my second favorite. Who's your third favorite? I don't know. You don't have a third favorite? It might be the Evo or the Pig or mm. it might be Noah. I love me a boy <gasps> skeleton. Right? Ultimate cinema role. That poor baby. Or the whole forest. Uh, um, the forest as a character. The forest as a character. We don't even talk about that. In Raven Boys, there's like a magical flipping forest. What's it called? Cave's water. Cave's water. Cave's water. water. I like Cave's water. I like Blue. She's not my favorite. She was me in junior high. Like, yeah, it's really hard to like yourself in junior high. (laughs) She was me in junior high. Uh, So I do like that she like decorates her rooms randomly and she wears crazy clothing and stuff. But I also really like Jordan. Yes, that would make a lot of sense. (laughs) Oh, it it would. You didn't even register that? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, okay. Do you like Jordan or do you like Hennessy? I like Jordan. Jordan is more, because she's more rebellious, but also softer. Mm-hmm. And she likes art. Like, legitimately likes art. Mm-hmm. Well, Hennessy just kind of likes money. <laughs> That's kind of true. <laughs> um, those characters, Jordan and Hennessy, are from Dream Trilogy. I say this in every podcast, but I feel like we get to the end and we've missed so much. And it's There's hard. so much more about Maggie Stiefvater. You don't have to take my word for it. Go read the books, guys. Come on. <laughs> Go follow her it. on Instagram or something. Because yeah. she's like sage, ethereal being. So, we've talked about Maggie Stiefvater. 
But we're going to move on to another thing. Bree and I both read the same book for our recent read, and that is Anyway the Wind Blows by Rainbow Rowell. This is the last book in a trilogy. Um, it is the Simon Snow trilogy. Oh my gosh, I love the Simon Snow trilogy mm -hmm. because I love the origins. Mm -hmm. It's basically just a giant love letter to fan fiction. Yes, it is. And it's so great. It's well, because so it's great. it's based. The story was in another story that she wrote called Fan Girl, and in that story, the main character writes fan fiction about characters from the Simon Snow series. Oh yeah, and Simon Snow is just a boy who is the chosen one, and he lives and he goes to a magical school. Hmm. Wow, yeah. but it's 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 really good, and the first one's being the chosen one and. Facing that prophesied evil. But the next two are just about, like, the fallout. Just so it happens. Mm -hmm. We don't want to talk about it too much because I think that deserves its own podcast. Yes. Anyway, The Wind Blows was awesome. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, you should definitely check out the Simon Snow trilogy. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And we hope that we added to your TBR. They're not zombies. They're not dead. They eat people. <sighs> Brains! <laughs>